Hello and welcome to another episode of St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of St. of the Church of St. George the Martyr with the chapelries of St. Mark the Evangelist and St. Monica's West Bank. I am your host, Lindsay Shooters, and I'm joined as always by the venerable Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. Rodney, how are you doing today? Good morning, Lindsay. By the grace of God, I'm doing well, and so is my family, and I trust the same for you and yours. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're recording this on sun- Saturday the 6th. Um, it is the commemoration of D-Day. I'm a little bit sad because the veterans can't get out there on the beaches and uh, live there, live their past, actually, <laughs> which is a weird yeah. thing to say. Um, yeah, just with all the things going on in the world right now, with all of the inequalities that have now been brought to the fore, it does make me sad that um, a global pandemic and the other turmoil has kind of overshadowed a moment in history where people came together for a common good. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think uh, perhaps the, the first thing would be, I mean, we must say thank you to those who sacrificed their lives um, to bring to an end um, devastation to the human, human race. Uh, um, the intention of of war is always that the the victor seeks to oppress those that they're trying to do, and we have the alternative to that. That when people stood up and said, "No more of this. This is not what God intended," and they put their lives on the line. So those that have died, those that um, have survived it. You know, courageously, we are grateful to them um, for ensuring that at least that stage of history, something that was really going to cause enormous havoc was put to an end. Yeah, I know that that's that's true. Today is obviously um, the Sunday is Trinity Sunday. I like Trinity Sunday because it kind of brings my birthday, the 29th of December to the fore. Because in the Anglican Church, um, Thomas Beckett, yeah, he was murdered on the 29th of December and consecrated yeah. as a saint. And that is the day that we celebrate him. Um, but he's important for Trinity Sunday because when he was made Archbishop of Canterbury, that Sunday he then declared would be celebrated in future as Trinity Sunday. Um, yeah. And yeah, then just to bring it into the Catholic tradition, it's the first Sunday after like it was the three-week period where marriages were banned so like this is like the first (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot of renewal going on right now i mean the world is currently on fire we are con we are confronting a lot of our differences um in violent fashion in some places but yeah there's just some important historical context to the day that we are are celebrating today if you would just like to welcome everybody, um, and then I will catch you up on when we get into the liturgy of the word. Okay. Um, the Lord be with you. Greetings from the rectory on this uh, Trinity Sunday celebration of the church globally and the church historically and also the church of the future. Um, thank you always for. Um, tuning in and making uh, this kind of worship and reflection memorable. We um, also want to say 
that we are grateful to the ongoing uh, responsible giving of our membership to ensure that the church, the parish continues to function. And although we will not resume services in our diocese in um, June yet, we are still working on all of that to ensure that we can go back with safety. Uh, we are seeking to work on a team who will help us become COVID-19 compliant, but also this means costs we, we never thought we'd have before. So please continue to pray for the leadership of the church, pray for the bishop, as well as for um, as for us who have to locally, each parish has to locally ensure uh, it's, it's benef it, it, it benefits uh, strongly with in being able to um, bring about as the safe environment for worship and for ministry. Having said that, um, uh, we have shortened the service and so we we come to God with hearts surrendered in in confession, knowing that none of us have have been pure from sin. So we pray together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in penitence we confess that we have sinned against you through our own fault in thought, word, and deed, and in what we have left undone for the sake of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Be assured of God's forgiveness, as we say, may God our Father forgive us our sins and bring us to the fellowship of his table uh, with his saints, now and forever. Amen. A colleague for Trinity Sunday, let us pray. Holy Trinity, sacred sharing of reciprocal love, free-flowing relationship of God, give to us, your friends, that deep regard for interdependence which you manifest so that our practice may be collaborate, collaboration drawing strength from each other and that freed from isolation we do not act like the lone wolf we may reflect your nature which is community through jesus christ at one with you creator and sustaining spirit amen amen Father, Trinity is all about community. It's about all three facets of what we believe to be God um, living through through us. Through It's about the commissioning of, like we had last week in, the Pente in Pentecost, the commissioning of the disciples to go out and preach the good word, empowered through the Spirit, the teachings of Jesus, and everything handed down from the Father. And then the first reading was interesting because it just kicks off with what we know as the grace, um, which is how we end a lot of a lot of the societal meetings within in the church. Uh, do you do you just want to take us through like the the importance of the grace within this context? Certainly, I um I, I've I've often uh, we've, in our ex my experience in the church um, the the 
the the grace has always been the prayer we run to when our meetings have been too long. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it's amazing um, how having done it so repetitively that instead of it becoming a, a, a just a lot of words together the and the meaning said um, together mm. uh, uh, continues to just grow deeper. The mystery of 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 how Paul was able to capture the essence of God in person and in action and in um, and in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular uh, um, text, uh, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, uh, is. Is, is part of the uh, uh, greeting at the end of um, his writing of this particular letter. Mm-hmm. So it's within the context of greeting. So when we uh, do the grace now in our meetings, we don't close our eyes. We look at each other mm-hmm. because we are greeting each other uh, in the name of God. We are greeting each other, recognizing God in the other. Um, mm. And when we look at the Trinity uh, expressed in the prayer of the grace, um, we know that, you know, God's um, hand was on us in creation. God's hand was on us on redemption. And God's hand was on us as the Spirit continues to seek to draw us into community with each other and um, I remembered um, one uh, author that I read um, I think his name was Father Timothy and he said whenever we do this the the, 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 the greeting in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit making the sign of the cross we are celebrating the community of within God mm. and we and we are celebrating the the the, the the reality that we are part of that community. Mm. So it is interesting that when Paul reviewed his theological understanding of God, he's coming down through the tradition of uh, the the, the Judaic tradition that he was party to and his encounter with Jesus and the continuing um, teachings that he gave, obviously preparing under the power of the Spirit, he realized the movement of God. Mm. Movement of God to us is grace revealed, not just through Jesus, but Jesus who is Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, and Jesus the Lord uh, over all creation and over death. So it celebrates our Lord Jesus uh, uh, reflecting through the names given to him, the titles uh, given to him, what was Jesus really all about? Was grace, was God's unmerited um, outreach to us, his mm. unmerited benefit for us. Now, when we look deeply more at that grace and the mystery thereof, we realize that the movement of God to exercise grace towards us comes because God is love. 
And so, and so we were drawn into um, God's love through the essence of grace, but that the actual reason for outreach has been God's love. Um, and that words be with you all, um, it's not just a once-off thing, but a continuous experience of God as love through the grace of Jesus. But that wasn't all that God offers us. To draw us by love, to love through grace, God has in store for us something deeper, and that is to have fellowship with him, to be part mm. of his communion. communion. The, the Greek word is a beautiful word called koinonia, and mm. it's spirit who continues to show the hospitable love and of God and the grace of Jesus, drawing all souls into fellowship with yeah. God. Yeah. The, the beauty of all of this is that when we do, when we do respond to this, we then realize we're not there on our own. Uh, it's not a, 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 um, a vertical expression of love, but it's a vertical and horizontal expression of love that when we, when we meet one another in fellowship through the Holy Spirit because of God's love and grace, what becomes real is that we are called into fellowship with each other. Mm. So we go back and we hear the beautiful words that Paul could say. Now, my friends, he called them and he mm. called them into, um, let's, let's learn to agree with each other. Going back to D-Day, we never agreed with one another in every aspect of war. Uh, somebody always wants to be better than the other. But that's not what life is all about. It is trying to find a way in which to um, work um, together with one another in agreement for mm. the common good. And then added to that is live in peace. Why? Because God is a God of peace. And so everything just fits together in this, these few um, verses of the, the end of, the, of that particular chapter. Mm. All based on who God is what God has done and continues to do because he loves us, extends his grace and mercy to us to draw us into fellowship with him and each other. But it's, that's quite telling of this. There's two things in there that, that I want to highlight. Um, where he says, strive for perfection. It is in verse 11. Listen yeah. to my appeals, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Um, yeah. I'm I, I I like the way he he places listen to my appeals and agree with each other kind of next to each other where it's like I've asked you to do this I've asked you to look at the world through this specific lens I've asked yeah. you to be Christian in this way and then the agreement or the fellowship that you then enter into is after introspection and interrogation of what he's asked. So it's like, we've heard your appeals. Now we need to kind of thrash it out among ourselves um, and then find an accordance that we can all subscribe to and then live in God's grace in this new fellowship. So it, it's a it's a working process. It's not like a command to just agree with one another. <laughs> it's 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 there's the, 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 the grace comes in 
accepting the argument and then respectfully countering an argument if you do not agree with it, which I think is is something that's that's missing in a lot of the debate that's happening now, especially around the the, the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the states. Um, I don't think there's enough of that understanding that to reach an accord, we need to disagree with each other and find the common ground uh, and and then live in that fellowship. And then the, the other thing is, it's always about striving for perfection. Um, so so that's also, it's, it's, it's a doing word, it's, it's a verb. <laughs> yeah. So like, you are allowed to fail, and then you can keep getting up and striving for it as long as you like moving towards that goal. It's, it's, it's okay to fail, and then for us to discuss the failures and interrogate that sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the, the value of all of that is in the language that Paul uses. He doesn't use aggressive language. He uses language of mm. encouragement and inclusivity. Um, and he is speaking collectively, my friend. This mm. includes everybody. Now, when did we go wrong as a people where we, even as a church in our divided state, mm. when we decide that he wasn't speaking with all of us, but only to some of us. When did this discrimination uh, come in that led to the, and the prejudice that led to the, the decisive breakdown where we were divided into groups based on class and race and economic status and whatever mm. else the world did. And, and, and yet the people who created society did, did have about it the Bible. We used the scriptures. Mm. That was a, the main manual that people wanted to build society on. So when did we not hear Paul say, my friends? Um, when did we not hear him say one another? Yeah. When did we um, not hear him say all of God's people? Is another group sending you their greetings, reaching yeah. out to you, trying to draw you into fellowship. So why why did our language change? What going back to what I said right at the beginning, what in the mind of Cain made him think now <laughs> that Abel was no more worth to live on the earth? I yeah. need to hate him so that I can have God's focus on me. Instead of hearing, what did God actually say? So, so I think the language is beautiful there. Paul mm. does not do this aggressively. He's inclusive, but he gives the in, in exhortation, strive. This is what you need to do. And my mm. appeals, I'm not forcing you to do this, but consider this. Consider what's going to be beneficial for you to experience God's love and peace with you. Isn't that what we all hanker for? A society in which God is God because God provides love and peace for us. That context, yeah. you know. And so and so we we continue now to exacerbate um, this attitude because we want what we want because we're only looking through the lenses 
that we have created. Mm. This says no, there is a bigger, better lens to look at life, which is inclusivity, which is about community, which is enjoying fellowship with each other in God. So mm. language is very helpful, but is it language that resonates in my mind and heart or is my fears and prejudices, um, which has also been the weeds in my life, am I still holding on to that? And of course, you just look at the world and you see all of that is still alive, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, uh, my wife was, was con she confronted me because um, obviously like in, in business and in, in my career, I've been affected by institutional, um, just burst of institutional racism where you, you can't really hold it against the, the so-called oppressor. Oppressor is a very, very strong term to use in this context. Uh, but my, my, my language escapes me right now. Um, where I, she, she was taking to task the fact that I may be passing on a lot of my animosities um, from my experience to our children, where it's like that generation doesn't need to be saddled with the problems that faced ours. Like we should be the ones to make it better for them. Uh, but then like my argument is always that it, it's my personal reality. So how do I not pass that on? And it, it, uh, there's a long way to get to this point. Uh, but this specific weekend is, is really poetic because in the Anglican Church, like I said earlier, the Archbishop of Canterbury who kind of made Trinity Sunday a thing, he was an enemy of the King of England at the time, Henry II. Mm. <laughs> and it's funny that this specific year, Trinity Sunday falls after D-Day because Henry II was also Duke of Normandy. <laughs> which yes. Is like this weird historic poetry. Um, yeah, and then Henry wanted uh, uh, the church to push forward the ideas of the crown. Um, and then that great saint decided, no, actually, I'm going to come in. Uh, Thomas Beckett, he was pushing, he was putting the church first ahead of the crown. And then just in an offhanded comment, like Henry was just done with like dealing with, <laughs> with Thomas Beckett at the time. And he was like, can someone please rid me of this, of, of this priest? And then the knights were like, okay, cool. So we're going to go do that thing now. And then they went to go kill him, which was, yeah. In, that, the that ended, in, in the cathedral of all places. And then I think there was that oh. famous quote where the monks wanted to bar the doors to stop the knights from entering. And uh, Thomas Beckett said, what was it? Don't make a fortress out of the house of God or something like that. Mm. Mm. But isn't, isn't it significant that um, political power always seeks just a religious justification? Yeah. Yeah, and um, and why? Because on its own, it's it's um, it's destructive. So in order to buffer uh, and and fool the crowds, uh, they you know, they embrace um, some religious formality and um, yeah. religious um, acceptability. Played itself off in the United States this past week when. Uh, even when they dispersed the crowds in front of the White House, 
with tear gas and mm. lied about mm. the fact that they did that. The it prison was, it was pepper. It was, it was it was pepper balls and yes. flashbangs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the, it would it, they wouldn't they would call that relative violence and not violence to the raw fit. <laughs> yes. But he goes and stands in front of the church and then stands with the Bible upside down. And mm. when asked, is that yours? Do you personally subscribe to what's in the book you're holding up now? Yeah. And his words were, it's a Bible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not subscribing to what is in there. I'm just using it as a tool to, to forward my agenda. Yeah. So it plays itself. So when the religious leaders got up and said, enough of this, he only listened to those who said what he did was a good thing. Now, those yeah. religious voices is my, are my concern because they think they subscri they're subscribing to what is in the book. And so they justify his behavior. Yeah. And so, so has, the, has, has Henry VIII disappeared from the scene at all? Uh, Henry II. Um, no, and no. The spirit has Henry not. Second, sorry. And so Thomas Beckett is still alive because there he stood in front of the church. And what did they do with the priests that were serving the poor and the voiceless? Mm. They pushed him out of the way. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's, it's also quite telling that both uh, the first and the second reading come from from letters to the Corinthians. And in the in the interview afterwards, um, Trump was asked what his favorite verse in the Bible is. And didn't he reference, I think I think he said like Corinthians 2 or something like that, which was really funny, uh, just to draw oh, yet yeah. another <laughs> parallel to what's happening in the liturgy today. Yeah. Uh, in, in closing, like I, 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 I've, been over, I've been overwhelmed with, with a lot of emotion this week. Um, and, and in the weirdest places, we... We were watching like old Super Bowl halftime shows um, with the kids the other night, and my son wanted to see the Michael Jackson one, and just playing that, uh, just seeing like the spectacle that a, an artist like Michael Jackson would put on, which was quite revolutionary for the time. But he closed off with a very moving rendition of "Heal the World," yeah. um, and just despite all of of the of the personal failings um, that we have later discovered about Michael Jackson. Like it, it's an important moment for an artist to use that platform that was granted to them, which was like the biggest platform on primetime TV at the time and still is to then push forward like this idea of we need to, we need to heal this world. We need to come together. We need to make it a better place. Um, and yeah, I was just overwhelmed by 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 emotion. Just thinking about it, like everything that that is wrong, like despite what the the pandemic has done to us, uh, just just the, I yeah. think it's more the the frustration of not being able to conquer this oppressor <laughs> that has now seized the entire world and put the entire world in lockdown. That's now being born in the the clashes that we are seeing and. And yeah, we just need to take a moment and look at the big picture and see that everybody is equal, um, no matter what you, you the, believe as, yeah. 
what Michael Jackson did there, and I'm I'm not necessarily um, drawn to all of the hype and glamour around celebrities and and all of that, but it is imperative that we look at that singing not just as an outward reflection of what the world needed mm. to be doing and assisting with to make it a better place but the world becomes a better place when wounded souls cry out for the healing of god uh, as paul said in in corinthians and the god of love and peace will be with you um uh, in other words will be within you and so michael's woundedness must be seen as a deep catalyst for that message mm. um he was living a life on, on the outside to find acceptability and celebration but on the inside he was broken mm. uh and could not accept him. And I think that's an imperative of each of us to be looking at. Our hearts are crying out for healing. Um, in frustration and, 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 and knowing that if our hearts are longing for healing, it's got to be out there somewhere because somewhere inside we can't find it. Somewhere amongst ourselves we can't find it. So where will it come from? And... Um, and then you hear those gracious words coming from the resurrected lord go into the world mm. and do something for the world that can help them and i'm going to be with you as you do this mm. so in response to michael jackson heal the world yes jesus is saying this is what i want to do that's why i'm asking you to go and i want you to be part of the solution part of the healing process but only because you are those who also doubted your own spirits are divided should i believe or shouldn't i believe and if we look at the the authenticity of the heal the world song i think it comes when we with michael jackson realize we are wounded souls mm. but Michael also captures what Henry now and the Catholic priest um uh said in a book called The Wounded Healer. He himself as a priest acknowledged his journey of brokenness. So the longing within our souls is not just yes I'm broken, but the longing in our souls is to come to the point where our brokenness can also be used as a tool for healing. um and so we become wounded healers but this is not a journey we make on our own we are wounded healers because jesus was the wounded healer mm. um goes back to the isaiah passage which says by he was bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes we have been made whole so this is in fact the um challenge therefore uh, as you said it's a poetic weekend deep reflection mm. uh, and what a better weekend than ensuring trinity becomes 
the focus point for healing, wholeness, inclusivity, um, community, fellowship. Mm. So, so we hear Paul say, my friends, strive for perfection. Mm. Listen to my appeals. Agree with one another. And live at peace with one another. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Will be with you. The journey to wholeness. It is. It is an exploration of faith. <laughs> um, Father, would you just want to take us through some other points of reflection um, through the, the prayers of the church for this coming week? Certainly, Lindsay. Thank you very much. I, I want to just uh, preface our prayers with the prayer of St. Patrick, which is um, was used um, because of his focus on the Trinity. Mm. And in the prayer, he says, uh, and this was written in the 5th century, uh, St. Patrick of Ireland, I arise today. That's the day of Pentecost. So it's the time of uh, arising out of the ashes of our brokenness. How do I do that? through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity. And so in our prayers today, as we continue to be the community of prayers, we pray in the name of Jesus and the power of the Spirit to the God of love and peace with us. And we call out to him, Lord of life, truth and grace. Bring all creation to delight in your peace. For you are the God of love. Your mystery lies at the root of all creation. Come now, Lord, and deepen our awareness of your awesome being. For you are the everlasting God. And we are called to exalt your name in all the world. You are the Lord of grace. For you reach through eternity to touch our mortal frame with its wounded soul. So our prayer is that you may set our limited concerns in the wider vision of your truth. So that as you share our life, so may we come to share in your divine glory. Holy Spirit of fellowship, move between us and unite all people in one community. For as the Lord of life, truth and grace, you bring creation to delight in your peace. Therefore come and strengthen all that builds cohesive living. Even in the time of severe pain, you are God of peace and you promise to be present in our midst. Triune God, in your eternal vision, you hold creation from its beginning to its end. For you are the Lord of life, truth and grace, bringing all creation to delight in your peace. And so sustain in your love all who are faint and whose strength is failing. Lord, come now and restore our faith that you are with us to the end of the age. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you who made us a little lower than angels and are mindful of all people, 
For you are Lord of love, life, truth, and grace, bringing all creation to delight in your peace. We are mindful of the Black Lives Matter movement and all movements that seek to raise the profile of the underdog, of the rejected, of the marginalized, and the wounded out there. Now we commemorate to you all who have died, thinking of the D-Day celebration, lives lost in that skirmish. We think also of people like Thomas Beckett, prophets in their time, whom political leaders sought to silence. We ask you to adorn all the departed with your love and thanksgiving in your glory and with your honor. And so we have confidence in Jesus as we approach your throne of grace to pray this prayer during the time of COVID-19. Author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face this trial, our trial. Wisdom to find relief. Faith to live responsibly. Grant us your salvation. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Mm. My brothers and sisters, I trust that you would receive this greeting. That the peace of Christ is with you always. And so we conclude our service with the words of commission and blessing. God has made us. God has shaped us. God has chosen us. God has sent us. May we go now to be makers of God's peace, shapers of God's love, choosers of God's way, and senders on the journey. May God be ever with us, ever creating us, ever molding us, ever calling us, and ever leading us. Let us continue to live our lives in our going out and in our coming in, in peace, to love and serve the Lord. We do so in the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lindsay. And thank you all for listening.